Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, welcome to Church Online this morning. We are entering our sixth week of our Unsettled series. And today, if you don't mind, we're going to go a little bit out of order. We only have a few weeks left before Palm Sunday and Easter, so we're going to jump around a bit uh, for this Sunday and next Sunday as we finish, as we come to the end of our Unsettled series together. So I'd like to start this week by asking you a question. Have you ever wanted to be known for something? Uh, Have you or do you ever long for or want recognition or admiration in any area of your life? Wouldn't the challenges in life feel a little more worth going through if there were recognition or reward on the other side of that struggle? Like, you know, if you have three kids and you made it to church on time, then you should be recognized. You should get a trophy because that is a feat worth serious recognition. (laughs) Well, in our scripture today, uh, we're going to look at what Jesus says about his call to follow faithfully even without public recognition. And we're going to talk about uh, a couple of different types of rewards that Jesus mentions. Uh, So let's look at our scripture today. And it comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And it says this, Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, or you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and the streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. You know, for the, for the most part, we like to be recognized, seen for what it is that we do or that we're doing. We like the feeling of honor and respect. We like to be admired. We live in a culture that celebrates and even worships celebrity. You know, when I was in college at George Fox University, I served as the university's chapel band leader. I was the lead singer and the bass player for our student worship band for all of our weekly chapels. Sometimes I like to joke about it and say that I was the leader of a band that would play multiple times a week for a few thousand people and everybody knew our songs. (laughs) Another thing that happened was that because I was regularly up in front of the student body, people would know who I was. Often I'd be walking through campus and people would say, hi Kyle, and I'd say hi back, but I would not know who they were. They knew me and I didn't know them. On some level, uh, I was never comfortable with that. On another level, it felt really good to be recognized by people. So I can really relate in a very specific way with the teaching for today. In our passage today, Jesus calls again for something different in the life of those who follow him. And it's unsettling. As he does, he's doing this with each section of his sermon uh, on the mount. He unsettles his hearers and calls for a deeper life, a deeper faith. So a bit of cultural context is helpful here. In the society which Jesus lived and taught, people were without things like social security or welfare or other assistance type programs, which meant that voluntary charity and donations for the destitute, the poor, the widow, the orphans, those were key parts of life and faith, especially for the followers of Jesus. 
So now this remained an important virtue for a long time, and it still is today. In fact, this was an important aspect of the of life, not just for the individual followers of Jesus, but the entire church community. We see this a lot in the early church and all throughout the New Testament. In fact, we even embody this today at Crossview in particular and in, in our larger Free Methodist family as, as well. It's part of our DNA from the very beginning. One of our Free Methodist authors writes this, As Free Methodists, we have been and are committed to leave socioeconomic distinctions and prejudices outside the doors and invite all people into true uh, fellowship and acceptance. This is part of our ongoing commitment to show the love of Christ to all. This commitment is put into action outside the doors as we seek justice for the poor and the vulnerable. Uh, our, Our church has a history, he writes, of running to the margins. Isn't that amazing? Even in Jesus' day, it was and it still is easy for people to abuse this practice, showing off just how generous they could be or showing off how eloquent they were in something like prayer. Uh, they, They would do so and they would receive this recognition and praise. So in the same way that Jesus has been addressing significant heart issues all throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus again addresses an issue of the heart when it comes to this practice. But when you give to someone in need, he said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. One commentator I read this week wrote this. He says, it goes without saying that disciples of Jesus will be generous people, generous givers, but they will not make their donations, whatever those might be, uh, in any way that will or should draw attention to themselves. They will not do it publicly or gain respect. It will be quiet and it will meet real need and it will be offered in love and gratitude to the Heavenly Father who has given us all that we have. I love that. I love that sentiment. Jesus continues to address these matters and these issues of the the heart. In fact, uh, the examples that follow in this passage are notable because they're abuses of the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus continues to say to his followers, don't miss the point here. It's like Jesus is saying, I'm glad you're being generous and you should be, but don't do it in a way to show off. In a significant way, don't forget the one who first was generous to you. All that you have flows from the heart of God to begin with. This is so important for us to remember. Our willingness to follow the heart of God should not be based on the recognition that we might get for doing so. In other words, don't play to the gallery, but live humbly in the light of God's will for your life. So, okay, let's uh, take this opportunity here to pause for a moment. And, and if you've been with us throughout this series, maybe you'll remember a few weeks ago, we got to look at the salt and light metaphors that we find uh, earlier in Jesus's sermon. Now, Jesus, uh, didn't, just, didn't Jesus just encourage us to have influence in the world and to shine like a, a light in the darkness of this world, to take loving action that will bring attention to God? And the answer is, yes, he did. Like so many times throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus isn't speaking necessarily about the publicity of our actions. He's pointing to the purposes in our hearts. 
And the challenge here is one of motivation. Is your goal for doing the right thing so that others will see how spiritual you are? Or is your goal for doing the right thing the glory of God? So here's the crazy thing. Jesus effect effectively says, if you are living so that people will notice your actions, then I hope people notice you because that's all the reward that you're ever going to get. Isn't that fascinating? Is that, it's mind-blowing what Jesus just says You'll, you'll see, uh, Jesus is challenging us to obey with a heart that desires to do what God has asked of us. And if others see what we do, and if we have the right heart about it, then hopefully what people will see is God, not me. We all know that it is easy or can be easier to be religious when people are watching. It can be easier to follow Jesus when we're getting pats on the back all along the way. Jesus' lesson here is significant and unsettling. There's this pesky little word that he uses in today's passage that, um, that I wish that he wouldn't use. And he says this, When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, he says, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. Now, the word hypocrite literally means a, to be a pretender, an actor, someone who wears a mask or someone who wears many masks. You know, one of the things that we love to do is to manage our image, uh, is to manage what people see and think about us. In fact, we spend a lot of time and energy on this, and we do it for so many different reasons. Maybe we're hurting, maybe we're hiding, maybe we're trying to protect ourselves, but there's no question we love our masks. Sometimes, maybe we even try to fool God, we hide our pain, we try to hide our sin or our doubt, we put on a mask and pretend that everything is okay. But in this passage today, Jesus' admonition is to take off the mask and linger in a place of transformation and change, one that is marked not by the praise of others, but by the presence of God. You see, in order for others to truly uh, experience our action as giving glory to God, then there has to be an authenticity of our heart, no masks directed toward God, and that can be difficult. So can I ask, can I ask, what, what are the masks that you might be using these days? This kind of authenticity, living into the way of Jesus, is so important because we are to be active and generous in this world, but in the right way. So remember, Jesus was confronting the Pharisees who were incredibly good at being outwardly religious, and yet their hearts hadn't been transformed. Jesus said, that's not what I want from my people. So the Pharisees were notorious for doing what they could to show off uh, how righteous they were. In the passage, we've read it a couple of times now, when it says that they were, uh, there were trumpets blowing in the synagogues and the streets to call attention to acts of charity. Jesus isn't joking around. That actually happened. They actually did that. You know, there are many who think today's Christians are in general a lot like that. Religious, religious showmen looking for admiration of, of their colleagues and the world around them. And unfortunately, there are those who are like that. And for them, Jesus says, they already have the reward that they're going to get. Can we be different? Can we follow the way of Jesus in this area with unmasked hearts, uh, living into God's purposes, generously loving others, and giving glory to God as we do that? 
to live with a heart that so desires God, that puts him on display and recognizes uh, that, that we know whatever reward we might get has nothing to do with our merit, but has everything to do with God's character of irrepressible generosity. The hard part of a teaching like this uh, is, is uh, that we like to impress people. We like to be admired and we like to be praised. We like to post on social media and get noticed. But trying to manage what other people think about us in public can often come from a place of pain and insecurity. And it's exhausting. And honestly, it often takes wearing some masks to be praised by the world around us. And yet Jesus comes along and says, you know what? My way is different. My way is deeper. My way can bring healing and purpose and identity. My way offers eternal and lasting love. So here's the truth for us today. The reward for a life lived with a heart fully given over to God, that reward is God himself through the person of Jesus Christ and the filling of his spirit. There is nothing in this world that can measure up to the gift that is the loving presence of the creator of the universe in your life. So remember, internal realities lead to external actions and God cares about both. Jesus continues setting a higher standard for his disciples, one that reorients the approval away from the public at large and and moves it toward the presence of God. So in these verses and in the verses to come, Jesus gives a few examples that are all connected with the same idea of moving away from this public display, this wanting public attention toward a heart after God, directed toward God alone. And these are actually spiritual disciplines that if we practice with the right heart can give glory to God and grow our intimacy with Jesus. So the first that we heard that he talked about is giving generously. Be generous. Be generous with your time by investing in the lives of those around you. Be generous with your unique uh, giftings, serving however God has equipped you specifically. And be generous with your treasure together. Together as a church uh, family, we can make a significant difference in the lives of the people in our community and around the world through the ministry of Crossview. Second, Jesus mentions prayer. He says in Matthew 6, verses 6 through 7, But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Some weeks ago, we talked in detail about prayer in our series on healthy spiritual rhythms. This is important, so I invite you to go back to our weekly resources page on our website and revisit our more in-depth discussion materials, resources on healthy prayer. But that's a significant thing that will connect us to the heart of God uh, as well. Third, Jesus mentions fasting. We read this in Matthew 6, 16 through 18. When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they they try to look miserable and, and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except for your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. You can think of fasting as feasting on God. Fasting reminds us that we are sustained not by food or or earthly things, but by God himself. Fasting can also be recalibrating for us 
as we can easily begin to allow non-essential things to take precedence in our life. All of these things connect you, connect me, connect us deeply with the overwhelming, all-consuming, unfathomable love and presence of God. And the benefit of all of these come from a heart that is directed toward and desiring God alone. So what's the condition of your heart? Are you wearing any masks today, concerned with the perception of the world around you? When you take action in this world, who is your primary audience and what is your desired outcome? Is your audience, other people, the world around you, is your desired outcome recognition? Is your audience God alone and is your desired outcome faithfulness and a growing intimacy with Christ? These are great questions to ponder as we go through this week. Now, I'd like to end our time together as we are thinking about this with a prayer that I usually use as a benediction at weddings. And I think it's a perfect ending to our conversation today and leads us really well into these days to come as we do some reflection uh, around this area. Let's pray together. May the love of God be above you to overshadow you, beneath you to uphold you, before you to guide you, behind you to protect you, close beside you and within you to make you able for all things and to reward your faithfulness with the joy and the peace which the world cannot give and neither can it take away. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen.